0: Welcome back to Health Check. I'm Heidi Godman. We are talking today with Dr. Eugene Pereira. He's a pain management specialist at Sarasota Memorial Health System. If you want to check out any of these things that we're talking about today, go ahead and look at smhpaincare.com, smhpaincare.com. And our topic today is how to relieve leg pain that comes actually from spinal stenosis in the lower back, lumbar spinal stenosis. Sometimes it hurts your lower back, and sometimes you just feel like you cannot even walk without this incredible pain. You need to lean over a little bit, so if you go grocery shopping, it feels much better. Uh, So we're talking about the, the different ways to treat it, and the newest way is with a really cool new procedure, and it's called indirect posterior spinal decompression. So you're relieving the compression of a couple of discs in the spine and you put in a little device, an implant that's then sort of jacks them apart, uh, jacks it up like a car jack. And, and this is a very interesting development. And there have been other things like this, Dr. Pereira, tell us, you know, they didn't last.
1: Right. Uh, the most, uh, common name that comes to mind is, uh, uh the X top. And, uh, again, the X alludes to the shape of the device and, uh, that was also used as a little wedge, if you will. Uh, Unfortunately, during its three-year lifespan, uh, try as they might, they couldn't get it to stay in place for long enough.
0: All right. And this one has two sets of tines that stick out from the sides. And are you, I mean, we have, what, five years of data now to show that it stays in place. Yes. Why is this one different?
1: Uh, Dave actually looked at the deficiencies of precursors and uh, improved on them to make sure that their device won't fail. Uh, to give you an example, my second case that I did, the gentleman had the mishap of falling really hard on his side and lower back at uh, a retail store in town. Mm. And he was really concerned that he may have dislodged the device. So I sent him for uh, x-rays of his spine in various angles and I had the radiologist to read the reports compare it with the film's that were taken when we implanted the device and the device hadn't moved at all.
0: Oh, terrific. All right, well, that's very encouraging. And you've done two of these procedures now because this this device and the opportunity to get this procedure in Sarasota at Sarasota Memorial has just arrived. It's only been a couple of months and you've done two of these.
1: Yes, and more importantly, uh, the company emphasizes very stringent patient selection because they don't want their product to fail if it is used willy-nilly in everyone that comes in with back pain. So... Uh, There is a a lot of uh, process in trying to select the patient, first of which is this would not be the first thing I would offer for spinal stenosis to anyone who walked into my office. I would try the the tested uh, epidural steroid injection first because, as you know, there are some patients who can get one injection and they'll be good for 18 months. So there's no need to go to a higher level of invasion uh, or uh, intensivity I mean, sorry, intensiveness if uh, not needed. So epidurals have been the tried and tested modality for spinal stenosis when they work.
0: Right, but doesn't work for everybody, as you're saying. And so that's that's an important point. I remember my mom was having some pain, uh, ankle pain, and it was uh, sort of a sciatica kind of thing going down the leg. Uh, the steroid injections didn't work for her.
1: She might have been a candidate. Yeah. Uh, she might still be a candidate. Based on uh, a good, uh, nothing, nothing can substitute the place for a good history and physical. So if your doctor doesn't talk to you and ask you the questions that uh, they need to find out the details of and they no, don't seem to be listening to you or, or rather treating your uh, your x-ray or your cat, your CAT scan or your MRI, then it might be in your best interest to get a second opinion.
0: Okay, all right. And someone could come over and get a second opinion from you, I would imagine.
1: Absolutely. I, I have no uh, skin in the game, so to speak, so I will be the first to tell you, uh, if it is indeed the case that you may not be a candidate
0: for that's this, an so. interesting that's an interesting thing too that uh, you know maybe instead of going to a neuro uh, a neurosurgeon uh, for help with back pain maybe you would consider going to a pain management specialist. How do you know when to go to which doctor?
1: And uh, um, if you ask a, a well seasoned neurosurgeon, they do not like to be encumbered with uh, all these patient visits where their patients are not truly totally candidates for surgery either they would rather find the ideal candidate that has already gone through the uh, less invasive procedures and then come to them. So in previous settings where I was in other parts of the country, uh, a triage or a a traffic control system was set up to see whether the patient should see the neurosurgeon first or see a pain management physician first or go to a physiatrist or for physical therapy. So so such centers of uh, brain and spine excellence, as they are sometimes called, have sprouted up in many places to streamline the flow of patients to the appropriate physician.
0: That's a great idea. All right. But so someone comes to you and it happens to be a candidate for this indirect posterior spinal decompression. And again, if you want to know more about it, smhpaincare.com. And then after you've put this in, you were telling us in our last segment that uh, people get up off the stretcher after they've recovered from the procedure, which is pretty quick, and suddenly they are they don't have pain. And what about function, though? Because after you recover and you're back to normal a week or two later, is, is there a difference in function?
1: Yes. So keep in mind that these p- patients are limited in function because of their pain. So um, these patients try to stand and walk, but the aching and cramping and the tightening in their legs, such as your mother's ankle maybe, becomes so bad that they have to stop doing what they're doing and sit down. So uh, it, it's reasonable to say that their function improves dramatically in uh, line with their pain relief.
0: All right, so function can improve. So we're talking about you can bend over, you can walk.
1: Yes, you can stand erect. These are people who walk around in life hunched over, trying to relieve the pressure of their lower back and that they achieved that instinctively by hunching over, mm-hmm. trying to, not trying to touch the floor, if you will. Uh, if you will look at the the way that this device works, is that it causes you to hunch over in the exact segment of your spine that you need it by wedging and causing a little hunching over effect.
0: Doctor, I would be worried, though, that if you picked things up, that then, then it would you know squish that area again. Do you have to limit then the amount of weight that you can lift from going forward?
1: Other than the initial three to six weeks of limitation for any surgical procedure, there is no limitation in the, procedure, really? in the pressure that this device can handle.
0: And does it just become part of the bone? Is does it it get sort of absorbed or integrated?
1: So, uh, the standard uh, things that happen to foreign bodies, if you will, something that doesn't belong, the body will either try to expel it. Uh, An example for that would be if you were gardening and you got a piece of splinter or a rose thorn in your finger, the body will try to slough it off, and eventually it'll
0: it comes to the surface surface and pops out. Right.
1: The uh, another thing in medicine, if you want an analogy, is like a stitch abscess. So, someone had a stitch deep inside, and the body didn't like it. It'll keep trying to push it out. The other thing a body will try to do is, if it finds a foreign body cannot be pushed out, it will try to wall it off or wrap a cocoon around it, which is the which is a kind of a scar. So, it'll try to immobilize it by isolating it from the rest of the body by putting scar tissue around it.
0: All right, and that, which one happens with this, the scar tissue?
1: Yes, we would like that to happen because we don't want it to come out. No,
0: and we don't. And, no. It do, and it does not. It yeah. doesn't. Okay, so that's very exciting. We're talking about uh, some relief for lumbar spinal stenosis, a new procedure offered at Sarasota Memorial Hospital's pain management program. If you want to know more about it, check, him, check out smhpaincare.com. My guest is Dr. Eugene Pereira, who's a pain management specialist, and he's now performing this, the only person in town who's doing it.
1: Uh, to the best of my knowledge.
0: To the best of your knowledge. And, and you've only done a couple. Yes. So how, uh, you you were telling me, and you said, you should ask me about this. I said, I'm not going to ask you about it, but I'm going to ask you about it. Yeah. You gave a lecture recently about this, and someone said, how can we we feel confident when you've only done two of these?
1: Right. So the most important thing is that you have to start somewhere. And the uh, the fact of the matter is that I went and trained extensively over a weekend for this. Now people can, poop with that and call it like a weekend warrior program or something but uh, the company would not give me a certificate and let me uh, start implanting this unless and until they felt that they I was confident and comfortable in doing this and they watched how I did it and I um, not just me but every other person that came in uh, they have only trained 300 physicians in the country and they've stopped right now because they want to make sure that the device is well accepted in the mainstream population.
0: And it's going well. All yeah. right. And the the two patients that you put this into, that you implanted this device into, how are they doing today?
1: So one of them uh, left and went back to Martha's Vineyard where he summers. And uh, I, we tried to reach out to him to see if he could be on the show, but he's still up there. And so keep in mind that if you have pain in a certain spot and you, you've learned a certain coping mechanism and you've, uh, you know, for example, the hunching over, uh, he's having some uh, residual pain at a level, at a different level, because that was now uh, being worked more because of the hunching of, or the, the wedging of this device and this procedure. So he's going to come and see me and discuss uh, further treatments for that. This other gentleman um, is doing really well.
0: Okay. All right. Well, that's very interesting. and And I'm sure you have more people who are in line ready to do this kind of thing. So... If someone wants to come see you and talk about this particular device, the indirect posterior spinal decompression procedure and and talk about this little device that you can implant into the spine to relieve some of that compression, how do they how do they go about this? You could just contact everybody over at SMH Pain Care.
1: Yes, they can call asking uh, for more information. Uh, The pain center usually works by means of physician referral, so uh, you can ask your uh, primary care provider to refer you to the pain care center, and uh, we will then evaluate the patient and uh, determine whether this is a procedure for them.
0: But it's not just for anybody. It's got to be for the right candidate.
1: Absolutely. The number one, number two, and number three reason for any procedure to fail is poor patient selection. Okay. So... Uh, good conversation initiating a, a detailed dialogue as to how they feel, what their symptoms are and what could be the cause of it, along with correlation with their studies of the MRI or, or the x-rays uh, will uh, help in a long way to make that determination.
0: And I asked you during the commercial break too, is this covered by insurance? And you said, oh yeah, Medicare is covering it. Yeah,
1: uh, it, uh, it holds out that most of the patients who have had deterioration have de- had it over a course of time, and so they are now in the Medicare population. And Medicare covers it and recognizes it as a procedure that can be used to help these people.
0: And, and in the long run save money, which is why Medicare would do it, right?
1: Absolutely, now if these patients required an epidural steroid injection every three to six months, uh, besides the fact that it would be deleterious, with too much steroid in their body, it costs Medicare every time these patients get this procedure. On the other side of the spectrum lies uh, back surgery, which can be pretty extensive in these uh, patient populations because of diffuse disease and can cause uh, magnitudes higher than this device. Itself.
0: All right, very interesting. And, and uh, you know, Medicare is pretty persnickety about what it covers, so I, I'm impressed that it's that it's covering this implant called the Indirect Posterior Spinal Decompression Device. If you're interested, you want to know more about it, just check out SMH Pain Care dot com smh as in sarasota memorial hospital smh dot com but what can we do about lower back pain that does not involve any kind of procedure we're going to find out when we keep speaking with dr eugene Pereira, a pain management specialist with smh this is health check with heidi godman on wsrq we'll be right back after this